How good is that this morning? All we have to do is turn up. We've done it. There's just such freedom in that. If the Holy Spirit is here, and I believe the Holy Spirit is here, that's all we've got to do. Let's just spend some time with the Holy Spirit. I feel very free this morning. Uh, I want to take that sneaky opportunity to thank uh, everybody who has been praying for the school uh, over this term. Maybe praying because I'm acting, I don't know. Uh, People have been praying for myself and the leadership team. We've really noticed that. Uh, We're really experiencing that on a day-to-day basis in the school and things are going fantastically, praise the Lord. Uh, So thank you uh, for your prayers. Uh, Yes, this morning, how many of you know that dates are important? Dates are important. If you ask my son, he was counting down day by day by day by day to his 13th birthday from about 300 days (laughs) and then into hours and hours and hours. Uh, Dates really matter, and actually, this last week, there was an interesting date. The 25th of May was Africa Day, and Africa Day celebrates the formation of the Organization of African Unity in 1963. There we go, it's a bit of learning this morning. Uh, Why do I bring that up? Because one of my most treasured memories in my life is from a time when I was in Africa. My wife and I I went to Tanzania, and we were fortunate enough to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, Mount Kilimanjaro, this is a a picture from the summit. It's not my picture, I confess, but a picture from the summit as you see the dawn. Uh, I couldn't take this picture. I was too busy crying because uh, I'm a physics teacher, and I got to the summit, and we've been climbing for five days. I'm tired. I can hardly breathe. They got us up at midnight to start climbing in the dark with a head torch, uh, and you, you climb up this mountain, and then the, the leader said, turn around. Because you, you, all you're looking at is the, the rock face of the mountain as you climb. He said, just turn around. You turn around, you see this. And you can see the curvature of the earth. Yeah? Sorry if you're a flat earther. You can see, <laughs> you can see the curvature of the earth. As a physics teacher, I was like, oh, God, you're showing off. It's amazing. So this is one of my treasured, treasured memories is that uh, summit, uh, almost six kilometers high. And so I thought in honor of that, I will attempt this morning some Swahili. Jumbo, mungo awe nawe, mungu akulinde. God be with you. God protect you. Such a cool language. Cool language. Do you know what the uh, Swahili is for a roundabout? A kipi lefty. Perfect. Such a beautiful language. <laughs> Keep you lefty. Okay, so today is a significant day. We are actually joining with Christian churches from around the world today in celebrating Pentecost. Uh, some people call it White Sunday because people would dress in white because they tend to have lots of baptisms on this day. So around the world today, there's lots of baptisms happening. People are being welcomed into the church. If you're new to our church, if you've just joined us, can I officially welcome you today? It is great to have you here. If you're joining us online, mum, if you're online, great to have you with us. Um, Yeah, welcome to Pentecost. Pentecost goes all the way back to the first parts of the Bible, To the first days when God created mankind and breathed his spirit into them. Uh, Pentecost 
has its, its roots right in the start of the Bible and all the way through. And we're going to see a little bit of that today. But it's a significant day, and it's the day that God gave the Holy Spirit to all people. So we're going to dive into that today. Uh, I ask you to lean in. Just what Amber was saying. You've done all you needed to do. You turned up. Well done. All right. Let the thoughts of next week go. Yeah, let the stresses of the day go. I've got plenty of things to worry about to act on next week. Yeah, but we just let those go. Let's try and be present today uh, and spend time with the Holy Spirit. All right, onwards. If you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2. If you don't, it's going to come up on the screen. I'm a principal and well organized. Lots and lots of verses today, and I'll whip through them. Um, I've got heaps and heaps in the notes, but you'll be happy to know I'm going to skip over a lot of it. It's in the notes so that if you want to go back later and have a look, there's all these interesting little bits you can go into. I've dropped lots in the notes. There's copies out there. Okay, Acts 2. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, what's going on here? What's going on here? This has been written by Luke, the same guy that wrote the Gospel of Luke. Luke is a historian. He's not a news reporter. He's not there just to tell us exactly what happened. He's there building a picture of history deliberately. So if he writes something down, he's thought about it carefully and there's a purpose of it. If he takes the time to talk about tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, we need to just go, hmm, that's interesting. Why has he written that? And this tongues of fire, uh, we could do a six-week message series on this. I'm not going to, praise the Lord. Uh, if you want to, I've listed heaps of stuff in the notes, and you can go into it um, later. But I want to quickly uh, focus in on this, this theme of fire, because it's not an accident that Luke's talking about tongues of fire, and it's not something that we have to be scared of. I was going this morning, I had this cool idea, we were going to get, everyone was going to be given a tea candle as they came in, and we were going to light 250 tea candles across the church. It was going to be amazing. Yeah, and the person that I asked about whether this was safe said, mm, hang on a minute, doesn't Mark Sloper go to your church? <laughs> Yako Duplessis, Cam Watson, going to give them fire? <laughs> Dangerous. No, they said it might set off the smoke alarms. So we're not doing that today. Um, but tongues of fire are important, and fire is really important through the Bible. So here we go. I'm going to go quite quickly. Number one, Exodus 3. One to five, Moses was tending, this is a great story, tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. This is uh, Mount Sinai. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. <laughs> That's a bit weird. A bush on fire that does not burn up. Moses did one of the epic understatements of the world. He said, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Yeah. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, 
So it's a burning bush that's not burning up that's speaking to him. I heard a preacher once say, when he went home and told his wife about this, she said, you've been in the sun too long. (laughs) But God called to him and said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Let's note that. When we get fire and we get God and mankind meeting, we get holy ground. Pin that in your mind. We're going to see this come up. Next one. Exodus 13, just a little bit further in the story. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on the way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day and by night. So this is God leading them through the wilderness as what? Fire. We're starting to see two things now. It could be a coincidence. Let's check. Exodus 19, 16 to 20. On the morning of the third day, that's an auspicious phrase, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. You notice often wind, lightning, loud noises come with this. Everyone in the camp trembled. Seems reasonable. Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered in smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up like a smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, who spoke? Moses. Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and Moses to the top of the mountain. Uh, The Lord called, I should say. Maybe I wrote that wrong. And Moses went up. So we've got fire and we've got God and we've got mankind meeting. This is not a coincidence, is it? This is a pattern. Fire is supposed to tell us about where we meet with God. One more. God gives instructions for the construction of the tabernacle tent in chapters 26, 27. And he says this in Exodus 27. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light, so that the lamps may be kept burning. In the tent of meeting outside the curtain that shields the ark of the covenant law, Aaron, he's the high priest, and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. I got a picture of this. This is the tabernacle tent cut through, and I've highlighted there the golden lampstand. It's in the holy place. That was to be kept burning day and night, day and night, because that's the presence of God in the tabernacle. They had to disassemble this tent, carry it with them, and every time they stopped, reassemble it. It had four layers of cloth on the outside, so inside it was dark, but there was this fire burning nonstop that they had to keep going because that was the presence of God. And if you wanted to go and meet with God, where did you go? You went to the fire. We're getting the theme here. Now, if we go into the New Testament, because we are, that's the Old Testament. The New Testament, Matthew 3, 11 and 12, John the Baptist is busy baptizing people in the river. And he says this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with what? With the Holy Spirit and fire. You see the idea? God selected fire to represent his presence. 
So in the story of Acts, the tongues of fire were visible representations that the Holy Spirit was now present in all of them. The fire is the meeting place of God and man, and you are the meeting place. See what's happened? We've gone from having to follow a pillar into or go into a tabernacle tent. We don't have to climb a mountain. Where now is the meeting place of God and man? In all of you, in all of us. How cool is that? That's cool. Oh, I think that's cool. Okay, we'll carry on with the story. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. I looked this up. I've put it in the notes. You can go and look later. There's a map on the back of the notes. And this map shows where they all came from because Luke is going to go to the trouble of listing where they all came from. I'm not going to read it out now. But it was effectively the whole world that they knew of. All the areas, north, south, east, west, God-fearing Jews had come to Jerusalem. Why had they come? Because they were there to celebrate this festival of Passover, which was 50 days exactly before this day, and the festival of tents and the festival of booths. So you've got at least tens of thousands of Jews, probably hundreds of thousands of Jews from all range of nations speaking all different uh, languages have come to this place. And for the past 49 days, and that's not an accident, you can dig into the numbers if you want to, it's in the notes. For the past 49 days, they've been immersed in this language of the Torah. They would have been reading those verses that I just read out of Exodus. They were, they were right there with tabernacles and fire and tents and mountains that was what they'd been celebrating. And then they're sitting here on the 50th day, Pentecostos, 50th day, no accident, and tongues of fire appear. So a lot of people were looking, going, what's going on? They knew what was going on. They knew this is the presence of God in this place. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Imagine if I was speaking this morning and you could all hear me in your native language, even if it's not English. My French, I couldn't do this in French. I can order a coffee and pay the bill. Clearly, my Swahili is not up to the task. But imagine, it was perfectly logical for them to be utterly amazed to hear all these languages. And so, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said, ah, they've had too much wine. It's not an unreasonable thing to think. Something messy and weird and Unusual is going on here. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit turns up, things get messy and weird and unusual. And it's okay. That's okay. Now, Peter was there with the 11. And he stood up. Because he can imagine, whoa, 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 this is going to get out of hand. And he steps up and he says, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. 
It's only nine in the morning. Yeah, what is it now? Quarter past ten. It's only quarter past ten in the morning. He's not drunk. (laughs) Right? No, this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. Notice what Peter does. He goes back to the Old Testament. Because he says, we've been bathing in this Torah, in this instruction for the last 49 days. Right? This is something that's going to ring out. But this just, see if you can get this. Prophet Joel said this. And afterward, we'll think about after what, but afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You could not get a much more inclusive verse than that, could you? Yeah? The intention was for everyone. Everyone. I'm just going to read just a bit of it again. I will pour out my spirit on all people. All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. When the Holy Spirit arrives, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to prophesy. That should be normal. That can feel a bit messy and weird sometimes. That's okay. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. I don't like that verse. Yeah, it depends on whether you've had a dream or seen a vision. Sometimes I feel like, hmm, I see too many dreams, not enough visions. But it's not age. There's no age limit is what they're saying. Young people. Young people, and man, the young people in this church are amazing. You get along to one of our youth groups, that place is on fire. I hear the stories that come back from my teenagers. That is just amazing what's happening in our young, in our young people. Young people, don't ever let someone say you're too young, you can't do it. You want to pray for someone, you pray for someone. You want to prophesy, you prophesy. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to find an old man and come and pray for him, bring it. I'm happy. But if you're old, you're never too old. Yeah? You are never too old. Come on. You get to prophesy as well. You get to move in the Holy Spirit all the way up to your last breath. Yeah? This is inclusive of everybody. Praise the Lord. Even on my servants, this is not about class. This is not about people with power and money and people without. Everybody gets it. It's not about men and women. It's not about any of that. Everybody gets it. And we don't just get, here's a bit of, you can have a bit of Holy Spirit. I will pour. Whoo. Pour it out. We sing it. Pour your spirit out. Do you realize how dangerous that song is? You know, I can, I just imagine God up there going, okay, you sang it. Here it comes. Holy Spirit. The intention was always for everyone. And right now, right today, you turned up, you're part of everyone. Yeah, you might be messed up and broken and hurting and stressed and whatever it is. I have all of those things usually on a Tuesday morning. Doesn't matter. You turned up, you get the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like one of those game shows, isn't it? Yeah, you get some Holy Spirit and you get some Holy Spirit and you get some Holy Spirit. Yes. Holy Spirit for everyone, and I love it. And Peter gets up, and he takes the opportunity in the midst of all this mess, like people are speaking in weird languages, and everyone's just getting it. There's 
like tongues of fire on people's head. It's weird. Peter gets up and he gives a sermon. That's got to be pressure. What are you going to preach? On the spot. No prep. Go. And he goes real simple. Yeah. We could go for hours on his message, but basically what he says is this. Ten days ago, Jesus, the Messiah, was crucified by all of us. Ouch. And yet death could not hold him because he was resurrected. And you all witnessed that and you witnessed his ascension into heaven. Like, that's got to be the greatest miracle of all time, bar none. You witnessed that. And now here we are. Ten days later, and God has fulfilled the promise that he said he would make through the prophet Joel. He's poured out his Holy Spirit. And it says this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I would be, you know, if I'd been part of crucifying the Messiah, even on the outskirts of it, you'd be cut to the heart. Why did Jesus have to die? It's really hard to say, isn't it? He had to die because of our sin. And he did. Thank you, Father, that you did that. What should we do? What should our response be? It's really simple. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you're here this morning and you haven't done that, there's going to be an opportunity. And you won't, i got a secret, you won't have to come up here to do it. There's going to be an opportunity to repent. Yeah? And we're going to pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's so cool. Not only does God allow us to come into relationship with Him, but He gives us a gift. The Holy Spirit. Everyone gets it. No exceptions. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to pray. You don't, you don't have to do anything. You just got to give up and say, God, I, I, I'm with you. And you get the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you. This promise is for your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God would call. That's everyone. The intention was always for everyone. Now, why do we get the Holy Spirit? I remember as a teenager going to church services. You'll remember this, Amber. And you'd go up the front and you'd get prayed for and the Holy Spirit would hit you. I remember it. And I was flat on the ground. And I remember I was, I'm a scientist, so I was maybe a little cynical in my teenage years. And I went up there. I'm like, I'm not falling down. They can pray for me. I'm standing here. Yeah. And the pastor came over. I'm just going to pray for you. I was on the ground. I'm like, what happened? I'm not falling. Oh, I'm on the ground. Oh, and I'm crying. And I look like a Muppet. I've got snot coming out my nose. Oh, I said this wasn't going to happen. It gets messy. Right? But the purpose wasn't for me to lie on the ground and cry and snot everywhere. We receive the Holy purpose for a, the Holy Spirit for a purpose. And I've put a whole stack of notes in here. I'm going to just really fast go through this because I'm aware of timing. What did Joel say? And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Why do we receive the Holy Spirit? So we can prophesy. To prophesy is to speak 
the words that God wants us to speak. You know, it doesn't have to be, and yea, verily, thus saith the Lord unto ye. It doesn't have to be that. You know, it might just be Sam, man, I really appreciate you. Thank you for the work you do with my sons. Yeah, that's prophecy. It might just be a kind word. It might just be us loving our neighbor. That's prophecy. When you receive the Spirit, you are able to prophesy. That's cool. Sometimes we see it in powerful pronunciations. We hear it in church. Amen. Keep bringing it because it's powerful and it's good for us to hear that. Yeah, those people that, that prophesy in church. If you're not sure about that, talk to Pastor Tom. Say, this is something I think I might want to do. Um, pray with him. Check it out first. But that's, that's what we need that as well. Why else do we get it? Luke, remember Luke's the guy writing Acts. In his gospel, right at the end he says this. Jesus says this. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. He's talking about the Holy Spirit's just coming. But stay in the city. Don't go rushing out there. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. What does the Holy Spirit give us? Power from on high. Whoa. <laughs> That's dangerous. Power to do things. Power to go out and love our neighbors. To preach the gospel to all the world. Acts 1, just a few verses before all this happens, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of New Zealand, to the ends of the earth. Yeah, all the way around the world. After this has happened, Paul says in Timothy, the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I joke, this is the original Spider-Man verse. With great power comes great responsibility. I don't want power from high unless it comes with self-discipline because that could get dangerous, couldn't it? So we get power, we get love, we get self-control and discipline from the Holy Spirit. Paul says this in Romans, I celebrate what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. Signs and wonders. It's supposed to be messy, isn't it? If someone in here performs a sign or a wonder, we're going to be like, whoa. And we sing about it. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. We sing about it, and we know it's coming again, and we know we should be seeing it. When we get the Holy Spirit, stuff's supposed to happen. But the ultimate, of course, the ultimate reason that we are given the Holy Spirit is for something that uh, I talked to my biblical studies students about, the great suggestion. Therefore, go if you feel like it. Make disciples of the people around you who are kind and aren't going to yell at you. You know the verse. No, this. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey. Obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age.
That's scary. I remember even as a teenager having that preach, and I'd go, oh, really? I have to go and talk to someone? What if they yell at me? What if they don't like me? And we make little rationalizations sometimes. I do. I don't know about you guys, but I make rationalizations. Go and preach to all the nations. Well, I've got a biblical studies class. How about I just preach to them? They're nice. They like me. They chose to study biblical studies. I'll, I'll preach to them. Or I'll preach to my good mate because, you know, even after he said, ah, stop it, Julian, he'll still be my mate. It's not what this says, is it? Go and preach to all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. It's a big commission that we're given. We probably need some power to do this. We certainly need Jesus' love, love to do this. We have to do this in love. We're certainly going to need some self-discipline so that it doesn't become all about me. Yeah? The intention of the Holy Spirit was to take the ability to meet God from one little place in the tent to everywhere. Everywhere. When you walk out of this church, you are the tent. You are the lampstand. You are the pillar of fire. You are the mountain that is on fire. You are the burning bush. When people encounter you, this is scary. When people encounter you, they encounter God. Amen. What a privilege. What an honor. What a responsibility. We're going to need power for that, aren't we? I definitely believe we're going to need that. But the good news is, to get that power, what do you need to do? Just turn up. <laughs> you did it. Well done. You've qualified. 